and welcome to Real Indigenous, where we talk about everything on your screen and everything in between. Welcome to the 2022 wrap up. As everyone knows, we started this podcast in 2022. And so that's a top 10 thing for me. There was just kind of an explosion of native media and it's kind of taken the world by storm. It's very surprising. You know, we we interviewed somebody from New York City who is a devotee of reservation dogs and non-native. And so it's just, it's amazing to see us going almost mainstream. And hopefully someday somebody will come up with a term for this year because it's not a renaissance. No, not a renaissance. So I'm going to go over a few things, a few noteworthy things that took place in 2022, and then we'll go to some of our other hosts and they can list their top three, whatever. In the world of animation, Molly of Denali was nominated for an Emmy, a children's Emmy, and all of their writers and animators traveled to Los Angeles and were able to attend where the girl who does the voice for Molly gave a land back speech in her native language. It was really cool. Spirit Rangers debuted on Netflix. So now there's two animated series for native kids or showing native kids. Entertainment Weekly named Stay Gold, Cheesy Boy, and Adirondack season three, two of the best episodes of 2022. We've talked about both of those episodes on our podcast. Reservation Dogs showed up as the best series on the lists for the New York Times, Rolling Stone, Vulture, the American Film Institute, and Variety. Janish Meeting was named one of the best comedians of 2022 by Paste. Lane Factor was named a standout performer for 2022 by Vulture. Res Detectives, a book by Tolly Jacob, was named best of 2022 by Kirkus. Critics' Choice Awards. Reservation Dogs took home nom- nominations for Best Comedy Series, Best Actor for DeFerro Wudetang, Best Actress for Devery, Best Supporting Actress for Paulina. This year at Sundance, there's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six native premieres, including Fancy Dance, Bad Press, Heroic, Sorcery, Murder in Bighorn, and Headdress. We also saw the premiere of Dark Winds, Mohawk Girls showed up on Peacock. Prey took over Hulu. There were one, two, three, four natives invited to join the Academy of Arts and Sciences. Michael Gray Eyes, Black Horse Low, Briar Grace, and Rena One. Black Horse Low directed two episodes of Big Sky and four episodes of Res Dogs. Sydney Freeland directed Growing Up, Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, Res Dogs, and Rutherford Falls. Tazbaugh Chavez directed three episodes of Reservation Dogs, two episodes of Rutherford Falls. She wrote two episodes of Reservation Dogs, 11 episodes of Rutherford Falls, and eight episodes of Resident Alien. And all of this is really amazing because in 2021, in the UCLA Hollywood Diversity Report, there was less than 1% of representation of natives in media. So I think that's pretty remarkable for a 12-month span, and now I'm going to turn it over to my hosts, and they can introduce themselves and share their top three whatever. Candace, you want to go first? Sio <laughs> and Hawaii, and yeah, gosh, this was, this was quite, this was quite a year. 
it feels like we came charging of, it felt like we were all trying to make up for all the things that we had lost during the pandemic. And I know there's still sicknesses and uh, things like that going on and um, communities affected by that. Um, but also in the midst of all that, like all of these accomplishments, like, gosh, if I had to pick top three, I would say um, the release and the viewing of Prey was such an experience. I still have not watched, not to be a snob about it, I still haven't watched the English version because I believe it being done in in the language, being done in its original language, like it's, um, I don't think I want to watch it in the English version because I uh, feel like, I, I don't know, I just want to keep, I want to keep it in the language. So I feel like that was, that was, that was so cool. That was just a massive, I think, um, I want to say it was a, a huge milestone, I feel like, for just Indigenous media in general to have a major release on Hulu starring this very, and having a strong Native woman, and she's, she's powerful, she didn't die, she was not raped, she did not serve as somebody else's, oh man's character arc. You know, she was just a bad A. And so, so that was a, definitely a highlight. And just all the things that were beautiful in general about, about that. Uh, of course, another personal highlight was um, getting married. And then because Roy and I are not busy enough, helping plan that <laughs> the first Indigenous Comic-Con <laughs> in Tahlequah, uh, plan, helping plan Scosticon, where we got to host um, several wonderful native vendors. Everybody got to Indigenerd and got to geek out and release their, their inner Indigenerd and have a cosplay contest. And that was pretty cool. And I, I just want to give a personal shout out. I know we don't, we don't talk a whole lot of theater on here, but I also feel like in the realm of native theater, I have to give a personal shout out, little shout out to um, my friend, uh, director and Shakespearean actor, Madeline Sayet. For her, we have a national tour, a Mohegan authored and uh, a one woman show that is traveling right now. It's on a, it's on a national tour in association with Folger Shakespeare Library, uh, directed by Mayan Tap, Mayan, I'm, I'm probably not pronouncing this right, I'm sorry. Um, directed by May and Teo. I just, I, I'm finding it amazing that we have um, not only on film, we also on stage, we have a national a play uh, that is written by a Mohegan person and it is, and it is touring and it is a, and it's a, it's a beautiful, poetic, powerful, powerful piece of theater. So um, those are some of the things. And of course, I have to say, uh, also seeing some illuminative representation up at the People's Choice Awards, that was that was pretty cool for me, just to see like, oh my gosh, ooh, hey, there's Crystal. <laughs> so it's hard to choose just three moments, but if I had to pick out some standout moments, yeah, I'd have to say, pray, Scosticon, 
and just knowing also what's going on in the the theater realm as well. I feel like where we belong is uh, all of those things uh, increases our our visibility and speaks to our humanity as people, as an indigenous people, as people who live on this continent and who are, you know, we're thriving or we're trying to. I know, I know. Uh, there's been some there's been some retro thoughts about this word thriving, you know, and being resilient and we use those words to, I know, encourage ourselves and find something within ourselves to talk about. These are wonderful accomplishments and I'm excited to see what the future holds. And I pray that these are just the beginning and that we're only, and that we're, we're, we're building on the, you know, the previous work that has come before us. And I just, I hope and pray that it goes forward. So I'm excited. I hope 2023 will be, hope we'll have even more to talk about. And I guess if I had to list a complaint, the obvious Rutherford Falls being canceled. Oh my gosh, I canceled my Peacock subscription. Oh. And if you're listening, I can't believe you canceled it. That was the only I reason know. I had it. And that's my one complaint. But moving forward, bring it back. And I want to hand it off to Sunrise. Yeah, so three, uh, it was tough. I mean, the that's a great sign if we're having a difficulty identifying what are the three highlights? So, I mean, hmm. I mean, I, I agree about Prey. Like, Prey was uh, number one on a list of films that just came out, um, not including any series, but uh, Prey was a highlight uh, for many reasons. For those listening, you can go listen to the podcast that we have and you can hear why, probably. But the language is definitely a highlight there, um, the fact that it was recorded in English and then also in Comanche, that's a major highlight. I was a big fan of the film Slashback that uh, premiered at South by, at least here, I guess in the States. And then it went on to Shudder. Um, it's just, you know, these Arctic kids fighting an alien. Uh, it's nice that it's um, like this genre film that I feel like is uh, attractive to non-Indigenous people and they might learn some ways in Nineveh probably and then it's also just seeing these young indigenous women take the lead in these roles was really nice just the fact that we've got like growing uh actors I think that was really great and I feel like that's gonna you know hopefully inspire other people is my hope you know uh young people to get onto the screen or for people to write material for new young people uh, Jason's writing this article, I guess, about uh, performance, you know, and he, we talked about it during Powell Highway. Are we at a point where we can have people play their own background? I feel like that's a major question I want to see reckoned with. I feel like we can. I feel like just lane factor by the whole process of identifying that particular individual to play his own identity on screen feels like the resources and the ability and the strategy to do that are present so it feels like that's something i want to see and i feel like slashback was able to provide an example of that oh that's an amazing thing to me um if you haven't seen slashback you should see it i think it's like i said it's streaming on shutter and you can probably rent it anywhere there's so many other things i just it's so difficult to identify what but Shandine Tomei, director of Long Line of Ladies, 
Diné filmmaker, um, someone on the rise, um, has gone through the Sundance program and has been selected to kind of do all sorts of new kinds of content. And uh, it feels like she's a rising voice being supported by a variety of different like corporate entities, um, shoe manufacturing, MTV, and long line of ladies. You know, I'm, I'm, I still stand by the fact that I feel like it's going to get nominated. And it's uh, because of her. And it's just great to see uh, her work grow, I guess. So I'm excited to see whatever happens next. I know she's got a feature that she's been writing. And I'm hoping that comes out. I mean, there's those are three films. I, I don't know if those are the top three. They roughly are. I'm kind of mixing, you know, Fox Maxi had a film that we played at Rodeo, which was really amazing. Fighting looks different to me now. It's really incredible. There was a really amazing Peruvian documentary, Paul Pacucha, that's looking at alpaca ceremony. Um, very beautiful, underappreciated and sort of like a caption of, I think, maybe a practice that is um, re-emerging. And I just keep going on and on, like, just, I could keep going on. So, uh, you know, never, never mind the television series that are coming out, right? Uh, Alaska Daily, even though it's a little bit, um, you know, it's like ABC and maybe overly safe, uh, and perhaps reinforcing this sort of like white savior narrative. It's great to hear about these different tribes and for characters on the show to learn the difference between tribes in different areas. And, um, you know, there are Alaskan writers on that show. And uh, that's great that that's like, that, that's a choice. Dark Winds is a choice. Res Dogs is a choice. That's really amazing. And And then also the English, just, I'm starting to watch English on Amazon. It's not that great. Uh, again, it feels like the narrative is is thinking about us. So I guess those are great things to see, just like in general. It's more, more than three things. I could keep going on. It's been, I mean, 2022 has just been a year. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. wish somebody would come up with a term for this. I don't want to say miraculous. It's I mean, it's a reemergence, I guess, or like a, I don't know. It's That's not really what it is either. No, I mean, the last time that, in well, you would know this better than I do, is the last time that natives were so popular were probably what, the silent films? Well, I mean, well, this prominent, probably. Yeah, and, and you know, and natives makers. were making their own yeah, they mm -hmm. were making their own films in the silent era. Yeah, I mean, in the in the states. Yeah, at least in the larger context of whatever what you want to call studio studio films, because Smoke Signals kind of opened up the idea of Native cinema, as well as like the Sundance Native Initiative, and so there were those independent films that were continually coming out that we would watch, but probably the majority of the world would not even know they exist. And it's kind of still like that in a way because we're, you know, we're talking about a lot of independent film. This is like we're hitting another mainstream vibe, but this time mm -hmm. it is, like you said, like there is natives in the director's chair, producer chair more than before. I, I do think there is that one period where we had We Shall Remain, you know, in like the 2009 or whatever that was, where we had 
people having some influence, like director's chair, producer's chair, writer chair. And that um, felt like that was a little bit more of a peak where it was like giving a an arena or a stage platform for all these different voices and all these different backgrounds to contribute to the media making, the story that they want to tell to some degree, and that it was like wide, widely known and disseminated. And I felt like that also kind of parallels a little bit of these people that were talking about their emergence, you know, with short films and things, you know, Taika and Sterling and Black Horse shorts are coming out in this period of time. So I feel like that is maybe another moment after the late 80s, early 90s. And then that kind of dipped down and went away. And we should never, I mean, like, it's we never really bring up like PBS. Mm -hmm. I mean, with, with all its problems mm -hmm. and all these uh, things that we talk about with PBS, PBS has always been like the, on the forefront of allowing at least documentary filmmakers to tell the stories in mm -hmm. native yeah. documentary filmmakers. We Shall Remain was a big PBS, one of their like biggest budget films. It was uh, American Experience. You know, the short films that we shot was in your territory at the Comanche College. We did all our workshops and all this stuff and uh, Juliana Branham ran those workshops and things like that. So those short films, I, they're no, I don't think they're online anymore and I'm, I need to dub them down so I can get them shown. But if you really want to talk about, you know, filmmakers who are actually doing something, Ryan Redcorn was one of them and, and uh, they were scared about that one because of how it talked about throwing Molotov cocktails at society or something like that. And they thought it was in, went inside a riot and me and Ryan were just cracking up about that. <laughs> I think that Ryan is a serious artist, you know, but I don't think he'd, there's nothing about him that he takes seriously, you know? And so I just to hear, hear that. I'm like, oh, like oh, I was called God. Bad Indian. It was a bad Indian because it, it, it's a poem that he wrote. And yeah, if you guys can find it on YouTube, it's really good. It's really good, great film. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think, is that, that's not the same piece that he did about, no, that, that was a different, that, that other piece he did about uh, like an ode to the indigenous woman. Oh yeah. Um, I don't think so. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I was and like, was I don't different. think that was a different one. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then our, our boy guy, Narcomi, Narcomi, he made a little short film with us. That was fun. Who we talked about and pray. So the roots of everything are there and it's been slowly building, but I mean, yeah, we didn't think that we would have enough material to do all of these 30 something, 40 something episodes. And yet there's, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of stuff we haven't even had a chance to discuss, including Slashback, Avatar, any Tyler Sh what, Sheridan, what's-his-face stuff. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about Black Adam, Black Panther, Alaska Daily, The English. I mean. What's the deal with Black Adam? <laughs> well, it's just, it's an indigenous story. Is it really? I thought. Didn't you think, Tully? Yeah, I mean, um, who's the guy that plays him? Dwayne Johnson is... He's, he's a slave. Uh, uh, these people have come into his land to, and making everybody dig for this resource. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a fictional place, but it's like a, based in a historical setting. It has a theme, like you said, of overcoming slavery. And then in the present day, they're living in a kind of a colonized state almost in, in where the military's taken over 
and you have Dwayne Johnson, who is he's Samoan, right? So that is yeah, he's indigenous, and so you know you have an indigenous actor playing a main character. The fact that there's so much content of indigenous related backgrounds like that's incredible. You you did mention so The Rock was in a film that I really liked that was tangentially indigenous. Um, Sky Hupinka did some um, sound work on this film called Rock Bottom Riser. And it's by this uh, avant-garde documentarian named Fern Silva. And um, Rock Bottom Riser is sometimes literal. That's like this sort of like episodic uh, sort of travel log in, in Hawaii and looking at volcanoes and looking at like the controversy about the uh oh the observatory the, on monica it was the Monica-Kilo, observatory it? yeah and we haven't even talked about documentaries on this show mm-hmm. that's true i haven't talked about them at all i mean we we talked a little bit when we did the uh, the live after show but uh so brief being a short like long line of ladies why we pick three i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I did, that's for Tully because he he was struggling with it. Well, they took all my three. So uh, <laughs> some, of the, <laughs> some of the things like we we didn't mention was like uh, Nico Albert being on Chef versus Wild. Chef versus Wild, on, yeah. On Hulu, and so we got to see Nico, uh, one of our favorite chef here in in Oklahoma, get to be yeah. a badass. She should have won. I'm pissed that she didn't. And, <laughs> and also Valerie Seagrass was on it. I don't know. If she's. On, I just watched that one episode, so I don't know. If she's on the whole series, and Valerie Seagrass is a very well-known food sovereignty advocate, and and mm. out in uh, Muckleshoot, Muckleshoot land. That was really cool to see. You know, two natives being on a Hulu show, and then Prey, and then Reservation Dogs. You know, all these great things. Which was my what is it? In Mohawk. In Mohawk. Yeah. <laughs> was that on Hulu? <laughs> <laughs> Have we talked about Mohawk? We talked about Mohawk. When we talked about Prey, we talked. Did you watch Mohawk, Candace? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mohawk's awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll talk to us about it. <laughs> wait, wait. We were already talking about the same film, right? It's about a gal who's killing it's all It's Kanye Yeah, set in the French Indian. Is it French Indian War? Yeah, and she's killing a bunch of soldiers. Yeah. Right? So somebody's. Somebody posted that Prey was a ripoff of Mohawk. I don't know about that. I think it's just the poster that people were like. Yeah. And the fact that it's like in the woods. Yeah, sure. It's in, in the, the woods. woods. A, a native woman has a hatchet. She's killing, she's killing people. Ah, I guess I, there's French. They're definitely parallel. There's one French person in that movie. I guess they're French. She does have the uh, you know, black. She's got the uh, face paint. Yeah, she got the face paint. I, well, yeah, there are parallels, but I don't know. They're like, we have more than one warrior woman, don't we? I mean, surely. And I guess like Taika also produces um, Our Flag Means Death. So that's still oh. running. And a lot of people enjoy that one. That's hilarious. I love our flag means. And then I was in what was what was the other thing I was gonna talk about? And so movies we missed, like I guess uh Sunrise watched the Fablements and as I understand, just a brief scene of Lane Factor, as I understand. Is that correct? I mean it's not one scene, it's it's a few scenes, but there's probably maybe like you know, glimpses of him in about, you know, 
a handful of scenes. He does have lines in a couple of them. I think he's meant to be very apparent. Yeah, I did bring up the thought. So, so Spielberg did grow up in Arizona. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming maybe he hung out with natives when he was a kid. And, and maybe he made movies with them. I don't know. He probably did. He probably did. Yeah. I mean, there's one scene that's very pivotal in the film where, like, this, the lead character has a visitation from a, a, an older uh, uncle who mm-hmm. basically gives him this advice about what he should be doing about his reconciling between like art and the family obligation mm-hmm. to who you love versus what you want to do in that sequence it's like happening in the the, the kid's bedroom and in the back like behind me for example it, it has like this navajo sand art which i thought was really amazing it's only in that but it's very prominent in that very important moment mm-hmm. um, it's very interesting yeah, same with Love Song. Did you watch that one? Did anybody watch that? I think I think you're the only one that saw that. Okay, yeah. So that one, I, you know, we were all talking about how, oh, this is going to be the Indian love story we've always wanted. And it's a good movie if, if you go in there not expecting that you're seeing the great Indian love story that you always wanted or seeing West Studi throughout the whole movie. Because Dale Dickey was a, a great act, actress in this movie. And, you know, it's her story. And then uh, around the second act is when uh, West Duty comes in and he does a good job of acting. And it's, it, but at the end of the day, it's about Dale Dickey and it's an independent film. So it has more of an independent love story as opposed to like a, a fairyland, everyone falls in love and lives happily ever after kind of love story. And I hope I didn't spoil that for anybody. I hope I didn't say too much, but anyway. Dang it, I haven't so, seen it, spoiler. <laughs> so watch it as uh, understanding that you know it's not a West Duty vehicle. <laughs> Was that it? Is it a? Are those all your airing of the grievances for the end of the year? My big grievance, my big wag of the finger, was Native American Heritage Month. So every month, a lot of the streaming services have what do you call it? Like a a button to where you can go to say like whatever month it is. You know, there's every month has something, and so. For majority of the services, there was no Native American content that was focused on. So, like, the only one that I found was Amazon Prime, who is a very good place to go to watch Native content, is Amazon anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't have PBS uh, app, but they said the PBS had had showed some stuff. But Hulu did not that I could find. Netflix did not that I could find. And I don't know who else there was. Paramount, I don't think I could find. And, you know, because I kind of searched to see what it would look like. And so that's something like we should write to our to our streaming services to make sure we get representation. Well, and here's the thing about Prime. I clicked through on the Prime button for Native American Heritage Month and everything was behind the, the paywall. They, mm-hmm. I mean, you had to rent it or buy it. And I was just like, you know, for one month, you could just, or even half a month, you could make it all prime let everybody watch it they had a few of them that were like on your prime account and sometimes they were like uh australian rugby the indigenous crazy india and that was native heritage (laughs) i thought that the uh i thought the apple podcast indicated native american heritage yes it did (laughs) and your show was top of the list of let's talk about it or whatever it was or after show after shows 
Yeah, Sunrise. You were you were mentioned. Sunrise, Candace, and Angela. And Tully. Not and, Jason, though. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and also, we didn't we didn't record it when we were talking about the music, right? The that was dropped with with Jeremy Charles. This the oh, album. No, you weren't recording. No, no, I mean we yeah we haven't even moved. Into we should other talk. Media. We should talk about that because again. Nico Albert and her band. So the, the album that Jeremy Charles drops, and that's your people's. Candace, tell us about that a little yes. bit. Yes. Well, that album, shoot, I feel it feels like it was probably it was. I know it was at least a year in the making. And Jeremy, you know, he's um, he's the leader of Fire Thief, Fire Thief mm-hmm. Production. Jeremy is now the lead on that, and he works very closely with OCO TV and the Cherokee Nation Film Office. But Jeremy, because he is also not busy enough, uh, found a grant that would fund an all-in-Cherokee-language music album. And um, my husband, Roy, worked on this as well because since it had to be all-in-Cherokee-language and not all of the musicians are Cherokee-language speakers, not all of them are first speakers, um, a lot of the translations had to be run through the translation office and Roy manages the translation office so he heard a lot of them there were some songs that really stood out really strong and um, one is by um, um, Mackie Uh, he's writing a song and the the translators really resonated with this song and it's a it's a very fun song it's written simple it's acoustic guitar actually he appeared um, uh, he was at the that opening of the the Bob Dylan Center in Tulsa. They appeared on the news. He and his dad, Ryan. They were um, they were playing this song, and it's all in Cherokee, and it's a it's a fun song, and it's written kind of like an old fashioned kind of a ballad, kind of a kind of a western, like a folk western kind of ballad, and it's a little bit like a Johnny Cash song where he's talking about how he's got a knife, his woman left him, so he's gonna go after this guy, you know, because <laughs> with a knife. And the speakers really they liked this song because he sounded like he had a good grasp and so i i know that the album had a, a wonderful a positive release it dropped and they did a live concert during cherokee national holiday over the labor day weekend there was a stage and my husband was there and uh i was at a i was at the powwow the annual powwow uh that's just something i got to do every year um but Roy, uh, I think one of Roy's favorite songs, one of his personal favorites, was a heavy metal song, and it was called Uktana. And Uktana is, you know, our mythical, legendary serpent who is a very powerful medicine being. And uh, I think that one was the closer act, and that was done by Kobe Looper. There's some beautiful ballads on the album as well. So there's quite a mixture of music. So I think Jeremy really achieved uh, what he was trying to do. He was trying to make uh, modern living songs you know for you know in Cherokee language in the Cherokee language and, and that's something we we all need I think all native communities need something like that yeah. uh, to help yeah. yeah yeah to just help the language be lived in and be used we need these kinds of songs and we need this kind of content that speaks to our modern experience as well. I mean, yes, yes, there's a special place and there will always be a special place in my heart for for our traditional hymns, for our traditional songs. But I also strongly feel that, you know, we, we also need some 
modern songs that, you know, if we want to perpetuate our languages, you know, we, we still have things to sing about. We have new things to sing about. And I hope we can continue to sing about and create content about those things in, in, our, in our native languages. You can download this. So the name of the, it's right here though, on hortonrecords.org. It's right on their, yeah, dot, it's on their new music releases. And I think it's called uh, Adanaliski uh, Performers. Where you can get the, the, the album at hortonrecords.org. It's right on their banner page and uh, it's available for purchase and release. And I hope people, I hope people will take a listen. Nassau did get to uh, uh, attend Skosticon, so that was a good fun thing. Unfortunately, it was the same day as my my tribe's powwow, but I got to stay there for the for the afternoon. Got to see a few people that I knew and hang out and see a lot of great artists and and everything. And it was it was awesome to me. I was really excited. Sweet. What was? Can I ask you what was a what was your favorite part of the con? My favorite part, like I said, I think it was just like seeing. People, well, same thing as anytime you go to an Indian gathering, seeing people you haven't met, been around, seen in a while, especially during the pandemic era. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and, and of course, you know, spending too much money on shit and, you know, just buying all kinds of stuff, but seeing a lot of the great, like these these artists who are doing things. I didn't get to attend any of the, uh, the sessions, so I'm sure those were awesome because they sounded really cool. I always liked those sessions during Comic-Cons and those kind of kind of things. Definitely, it was all thumbs up for me, and and I didn't get to stay for the costume contest, but I saw suits, a few of the people come in, and they all look wonderful and beautiful and cool. And then for me, one more, uh, I don't know, did I do three yet? I don't know. But keep going, keep going. One thing that Sunrise I did. Sunrise went way past three, so you got you okay. got all the latitude you want. So one thing I did uh, attend this year, and it was on stage. It wasn't actually a, a film; it was a live show. It was the Native American Comedy Slam that happened here in Tulsa. And it was Brent Dio, Dakota Six Killer, Kales Cooper, Will Buck, Jordan J, Keelan Bearpaw, Zebediah Nofire, and Draven Smith. And it was hosted by Russell Sun Eagle. And it was really fucking funny. I mean, like, legit fucking, like, you know, every, every time he goes to a comedy show, you never know what you're going to get when it's something that many people on stage someone's going to be a mess someone's going to be hit you know you just it's going to be uneven it was like they had a five to eight minute set and that's a lot of fucking funny to do in that time frame i mean that's hard to me but these cats were all fucking funny i mean i was busting up laughing at every single one of them and i'm talking with russ to see i said dude you need to fucking film this because we haven't had like a comedy show since like charlie hill was alive and so we need to have something fucking filmed on this. And so hopefully he can get some funding to do it. And and I think he's, you know, I, I just thought it was fucking hilarious. And it was just a good night out. And I, again, it was one of those things I ran into people I haven't seen in a while. I was like, what's up? Let's go fucking eat, man. <laughs> you know, so that was a highlight of my year. Yeah, also on that, on that list was the Werewolf by Night, which had like some indigenous content. But the actor is an indigenous person, right? And uh, had like indigenous I content. What is this show, Werewolves by Night? I don't, is that what is that on? Anybody watch it? It's on Disney Plus. It's a Marvel show. It was like a, I believe it was a one-off show, like about an hour long, and it was shot in. The, it, I think you guys will like it. It's shot like in the old style of horror films of like you know the Universal. Black and white. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, black okay. and white. Really, really, it's really nicely shot. I don't know if it's a great story, but it was fun enough. I mean, if you like the, if you like the nerd shit, like, you know, you see characters that are in the comic books. And so it was, it was decent enough to watch. I mean, I didn't get bored, but you know, I, I would, I didn't fall in love with it or anything, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Are you done? Is that it? <laughs> are you done yet? I did get to see an early shot of Jason A. Snap's movie. Marlon, yeah, I got to see an early, early uh, take of his film before it was all colored and everything. I really loved that movie. So that was one of my favorite movies. And I heard that a uh, person named, what is your name, Sunrise? Sunrise Tipikani. Did some cinematography <laughs> for a, a film, Mistress Red. What, what's the name of it? Oh yeah, the Daily Life of Mistress Red. Yeah, the Daily mm-hmm. Life of Mistress Red. Tell us about directed that, by Pishon Bread. Pishon Bread, right? So the daughter of uh, the great Jane. Um, she, uh, I guess, you know, that went through the Sundance Lab process, um, which is why I guess I'm expecting it to have played. But it's been going through a variety of different uh, festivals. Um, I think Red Nation is coming up, uh, but uh, yeah, that's um, a mockumentary, and um, it's like a short film and kind of looking at at uh, what do you call it uh, S and M culture. So like she's a dominatrix, and she's being interviewed by a, a YouTuber basically or like a vlogger. Um, so it's like hitting kind of like two modern identities today and very like in your face about sexuality and using it as a as a way to discover like a a new metaphor for kind of like uh cultures that are submissive and playing with that idea of like that which is in dominance and that which is subjugated to it and flipping the uh script on that so it's sort of like a comedy and it's uh starring jen raider as Mistress Red, oh, so Generator did oh, casting yeah. for Res Dogs, and she's one of the uh, police officers, and um, she's one of the uh, the slaves in the first season. You know where we kind of see that date uh, with the uh, the white supremacist, you know, and she's mm-hmm. like, and anyway, um, yeah. So like Daily Life of Mistress Red, I shot that. I don't know a couple of years ago, and now it's um gestated and out in the world and developing her name your top three what is it my three top plus. three um yeah i think that my top three are since i've been spending a lot of time doing this podcast i think that my top three was would probably be the interview that we did with janish meeting and sierra teller or yeah, that was one up a lot I know, I know. It was just that was our first big interview for the podcast, and it was just really, it was so cool. I'm with Candace. I can't believe they canceled that stupid that show. Those stupid people. Oh yeah, that's my other wag of the fingers. Yeah, fuckers, man, fuck those people. That's some shitty mm. shit to me. I mean, it's like seriously. I mean, we're limited with native content as it is. I can't believe that was it was like bad ratings or anything. It wouldn't. It wasn't bad ratings. We were. I mean, we were yeah. all paying for Peacock. Everybody was fucking watching it, and they got nothing but reruns. And there's nothing. They don't have any really original content. Cheap fucks. I mean, even uh, the 
Girls Five Eva with the yeah. Tina Fey project, they canceled that. And it got picked up by somebody. I can't remember who picked it up. So there was that glimmer of hope that Rutherford Falls would get picked up by Hulu, but I mean, it's just all the streaming services right now. They have no idea how to make money. Like they're all realizing it's like you can't, they can't figure out how to make original content and stay alive. I think mm -hmm. that's really part of it. Mm -hmm. Everybody, there are ways to do it. It would be like having almost like you, you know, a Patreon kind of thing where okay, we're gonna premiere whatever this movie is in theaters. If you want to watch it on our streaming service, pay an extra five bucks or you know something that's going to be reasonable to where that's people what say. They do oh, on Amazon. Amazon yeah. does that. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to pay five bucks for you know just watch Avatar on at home, and that way you know you're getting that little boost, but it's not enough to where it's like it's like twenty bucks. Whenever they do the twenty dollar ones, like I was like, oh fuck that, I'll wait till it's you know off the twenty dollar marker. I'm willing to spend like three to five bucks on the movie if I really want to support it, you know? So yeah, one of my top three would be that interview. And then what are the other top two? That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, really good. <laughs> Which other two episodes of our, our podcast? I will say, I mean, there's been mixed reviews about Alaska Daily, but the moment they're on the plane and Irene Bedard is explaining yeah about about the new oh my gosh to hear to hear them actually say my people's name on broadcast television and explain how different we are from everybody else in alaska was just stunning and i didn't realize i would get choked up about it but it really meant a lot <clears throat> and vera starbard is doing an amazing job of navigating the Hollywood machine in in her writing. I mean, she's really, she's been posting all this stuff about the episodes that she's written that they're shooting right now. And I think that she's, she's and the other Native writer are really starting to wrestle away that trope of white savior. I mean, I have really high hopes for it, but I think that that was another highlight of, of 2022 was to hear my people on broadcast tv i think that episode is called a place we came together i think that's the episode two of the first season mm -hmm. yeah okay i only watched one episode the first episode so maybe i should watch episode two so i can cry didn't get far enough <laughs> well, and the, and is that that's the tyler sheridan show no whose name absolutely is? not oh okay this is the guy that wrote my one of my very favorite films, um, Spotlight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that a long time ago. And I mean, he's a newspaper man. So, I mean, it's already a subject after my own heart, being a journalism major and working in public affairs, you know. So I've already got a soft spot for it. And then to see it just transpire on the tundra. I mean, they go up to... This place on the tundra and it's just it's like i've been i mean i've been there <laughs> my people are from there it's just people just need to give it a chance you can't watch one episode because the first episode of any series is clunky you got to give them a few a few episodes to get into the groove the tone starts shifting and i and they start really focusing in on 
these two reporters being partners because people make the assumption in the series that Hillary Swank's character is the lead reporter and then she, at one point she finally says no she's my partner and so it's 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 watch it's really interesting watching how this is unfolding yeah i agree I, yeah i'm just waiting for hillary swank to show up in cobra kai yeah i mean, i think there are rumors that she is in the last season <laughs> i always liked her as i'm the serious kid I did. She's the next Karate Kid. Get oh, sorry. The next I like the next Karate Kid. <laughs> All right, so, number three. Oh, God. Well, I would say number three is an interview that we did last week that I, I don't know if I want to spoil it. But that the, was a big the one. Interview, yeah, the interview we did last week was also a huge get. So We'll probably drop it a week after this, right? Everybody stay tuned. Big next week. Happening. <laughs> big drop. <laughs> It'll be, will that be the first of the year? It will. We'll start off 2023 with a banger of an interview. I mean, so much so that we all, as soon as our guest came on screen, we all sat up straight, fixed our clothes, you know, held our stomachs in and we're like, hello. <laughs> we are normal. <laughs> we are fun. Another thing that happened this year, I heard a really great podcast at the Rodeo with some lovely people talking about some short films they showed at the Rodeo Cinema. At the Rodeo Cinema, too bad their audio was so soft. Yeah, but they were one of the probably few cinemas who also recognized Native American Heritage Month. You know, Circle Cinema, you better listen up. Yeah, it was great. Sunrise, oh. Five nights. Five nights of programming. Sunrise, yeah, you come it. to Tulsa, help us... Uh, get it set up no you can't have him we're gonna keep him down here in the city you do it you do it in circle cinema <laughs> yeah you're there you're there <laughs> i know my cousin was my in but she's not there anymore so we'll see we may well do i know that black horse did a few showings of films that he likes so that yeah. was good yeah like, i think like throwing blood was there on print yeah. maybe yeah and then he had a short series short yeah. works so 2022 i think was an amazing year for indigenous media. I mean, cause yeah, we haven't talked on music. We haven't talked about books. We haven't talked about comic or what are they called now? Not comic books. They're comic books. Yeah. Some people call them graphic novels. Graphic novels. Graphic, yeah. novel, graphic yeah. novels. Cause, yeah, yeah, cause taboo, right? Cause Jane talked about mm -hmm. that. I, I got mm -hmm. the first two issues, I haven't read them yet, but uh, mm -hmm. Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man is what taboo is working on. Also, I mean, uh, we're talking about Marvel, but uh, Nyla Enix, who did Slashback, wrote, directed it, also is a writer for Marvel and also created the character Snow Guard. I'm not familiar with this character, but... I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. That really? is true. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You shared, you shared that with us one time, Angela, mm -hmm. a long time ago, back to when it was being talked about. Oh, dang. And I haven't read that character. And I try to get everything that's like, you know, mm -hmm. woke characters and shit like that all right what's your what's your plus any plus yeah grievance oh any grievances yeah rutherford falls getting fucking canceled what's your language <laughs> i know i never dropped the f-bomb yeah, usually totally uses it all up <laughs> but i'm that hot about it well, I mean, yeah season three we had all these big dreams for season three with nelson and 
Oh yeah. my gosh. They were getting destroyed with everything. It was like leading up like, to some really badass we're shit. Gonna, that's, that's we were going to get happen. the musical episode. Yeah. Yes. The animated uh, episode. Yes. Native, the Native Art Market episode. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cancel yeah. high quality Native content. Yes. Oh, it was so fun while well, it lasted. All right, what's our well hold on? What's our hopes for 2023? What's what's our what are we looking for for in 2023? Rutherford Falls season three. Yes. <laughs> it will happen, god I'm damn it. Back. It will happen. I am excited for Dark Wind season two, just to see where the writing goes for that. Who's behind yeah. the director's chair for that? Oh, you don't think Chris Harris is gonna come back? Oh, I think so, but I mean I just think they're expanding who's present, you know. On that show yeah anything with zon i think zon's like one of our top actors right now mm -hmm. oh for sure yeah mm -hmm. oh, absolutely yeah. i'm cautiously optimistic for killers of the flower moon i have hope for it i think it's going to be a hard watch personally for me being an osage person mm -hmm. um but um i am cautiously optimistic because i have uh, lots of friends and family who are in the show, in the film, and I have high hopes for, I, I, I know that the the scenic design, I think is probably gonna be pretty flipping awesome. So I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure they'll at least nail the, the aesthetic so of, the, of the time. So I'm excited to see what comes of that. Uh, for 2023, what else for 2023? I really hope that uh, Jane Myers and I hope Janish Meeting, like I hope even though Rutherford Falls is canceled, I hope that Janish Meeting and maybe Tazba and Sierra Taylor Ornella is like, I hope that there's something else that, I don't know, can be explored. Maybe I want to see more comedy, more Native comedy. I hope that there's more opportunity for Native comedy. Oh, I'm excited for Joey Clips. Um, I hope his piece that, that um, my first Native American boyfriend, I hope that that goes around and around and around because that was that was that's real funny it's real it's it's, it's really funny and it is so funny. i hope yeah i i hope that that um finds its way into the hearts of native homes and, <laughs> and serves as cautionary tales but anyway i hope that that i hope that, that goes around and oh 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 I'm, I'm don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about it. I, I don't not that I know anything about it, but back a little bit touching back on Marvel. I know a coworker of mine. We don't work directly together. I know that he was, um, I know that a certain person was hired to go be a consultant for Echo. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Echo is going to look like and uh i'm pretty sure since this person was involved i i think this will also hope i hope that marble will nail this aesthetic so i'm excited to see uh not only are we getting indigenous consultations we know yeah we're we're leading and they seem to be listening to us sometimes um but i'm i hope that they can nail these things so i'm I'm really excited for that. What what's going to come if, for Echo and for different things like that? Let's have a diverse year of some good drama and some 
hopefully some rip-roaring comedy. Oh, and books. I want to talk more. Let's, we should talk more about books, too. We need to talk about we have a little real estate problem. It came out in 2021, and it was... Oh, my gosh. That's such it, a hard read for me. I mean, oh, oh I got so mad. Every chapter, I got oh, more and more mad. Really? I'm sorry. No, I, no, no. I mean, man, it's, it's all it really good information, but it's just heartbreaking and infuriating and... The, the same reason I can't re I, I started but have yet to finish um the great Oklahoma swindle oh that okay yeah I haven't started that yet but it if you're Muskogee you're gonna ugh it's gonna make you mad I'm not but I'm sure it would make me I'm sure it's gonna make me boiling mad anyway. oh, yeah. it's, it it's me, so hard it, it makes me mad you know like I can't it's hard for me to make even try to read Killers of the Flower Moon I can't stop thinking I started like I could feel my ch- I couldn't breathe I started like only I read the first chapter and I could barely mm-hmm. breathe and I was like <gasps> I have to put this away I can't mm-hmm. do this right now although yeah I would like to talk about the sentence or uh what, what's the Oklahoma author about the blanket da- blanket dance yeah Oscar Hokia yeah blanket dance yeah, I want to talk that want to talk about oh firekeeper's daughter Ooh. oh they're gonna make mm-hmm. that into a movie ah, mm-hmm. yeah please do yes 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 so good okay what about you angela 2023 or dude looking forward to echo i'm a you know i'm a nerd i like i like nerdy stuff Tully's Tully's disappointed <laughs> why am i disappointed <laughs> i don't know that's what it said like it because y'all fuckers took my shit that was my looking forward to so yeah, Echo, I, I'm assuming I'm going to be like Angela when they mention Chalk Dolls and I'll start crying and shit. And I, <laughs> and, uh, I want to you know, be there. I want to see that. Yeah. And, and like a lot of my kinfolk are, uh, had, you know, were consultants on it too, working on it. And, you know, pretty much a who's who of, of you know, native cinema. Sydney Freeland's directing the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Catriona McKenzie's direct, directing the others. You know, you got Laqua Clox as Maya Lopez, Zahn's on it, uh, Chasky Spencer, Tantu Cardinal, Devery Jacobs, Cody Lightning, Graham Green. Graham Green. Yeah. Graham Green's then, in like, it? Yeah, yeah. And in the writing room, it's, you know, yeah, for the writer's room, you have Roan Horse, Rebecca Roan Horse, Bobby Wilson, Stephen Judd, Jason Gavin. And I'm sure there's other natives on here. I just don't recognize their names. But... You know, I mean, like, if we're talking about woke shit, you know, Kevin Feige is the king of woke right now. And I'm really liking a lot of shit he's doing of, of bringing in all the different cultures of people, you know, with, uh, like, Ms. Marvel, you know, bringing the Muslims and telling a great uh, education of, of Muslim culture, you know, <laughs> all these other shows that are coming out. And so I'm, I'm really, but, you know, because it's about, it's going to have my people in there, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to see it. And like I said, I know everybody, I kind of, you know, my cousin saying they try to get him to be butt naked to be in one scene. He's like, no, nah, I don't know if I'll go that far. So yeah, a lot of good shit going on, man. So excited for 2023, definitely. Uh, 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 I'm just going to say the same. I am excited, uh, you know, for Echo, for Killers of the Fire Moon, um, for um, any other series that are coming back out. Um, I am excited for Fancy Dance. I just want to see what Tremblay's feature film is going to be like. So I'm very excited about that, especially since it was shot here in Oklahoma. Same thing as you guys. Same thing. More native content, motherfuckers. Just bring it on. More. We need to have it all. We need to enjoy it all. Mm -hmm. uh, More. 
More podcasting. More podcasting. <laughs> more editing for Angela. More editing. <laughs> more editing. Oh, so. I, I am really, I'm waiting for Patrick is to come back. Are you guys familiar at all about Natives React on YouTube? I oh, love yeah, Natives yeah, React. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking yeah. hilarious. Natives They're React. They're so funny. Yeah, the account is Patrick is a Navajo. It's been dormant for the last month, sort of like in and out. And I think, you know, his partner is sort of not as uh, acceptable or something. But I'm mm. really excited for that uh, channel to be busy again. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. We don't talk about like our social media net, uh, media, you know. Oh, social. there's so many native creatives on social media. It's just yeah. mind yeah. numbing. Yeah, I can't TikTok follow all of them. It's always yeah. good to see when they pop up, you know. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about fashion and modeling no, and yeah. And I missed the fashion show the other night that was down in California. The, the solstice, the winter solstice oh, yeah. fashion. Joe, Miss Cindy and Oklahoma representatives were there from what I understand. I was not there. I did not get a ticket and I didn't want to, I didn't want to hit up the event organizer and be like, Hey, we cool. Can you give me a ticket? I didn't want to do that. So, <laughs> uh, but I saw some cool things about it from my friend, Jessica Harjo, Dr. Jessica Harjo, doctor, uh, yeah. <laughs> doctor. Dr. Jessica Harjo, uh, her business and her Instagram and her social media is Weompe. She had her fall and winter 2022 fashion line out and up and had uh, models. And I, I love I love her things and will continue to purchase things and support her, support her business. Uh, she's a fantastic designer and I'm excited for um, things that she makes. One highlight this year was the fact that the, so like the Navajo nation had its presidential election this year. Mm -hmm. And there was just like a YouTube channel that uh, really got the word about, out about uh, how to vote, why to vote. And it got a lot of um, increased presence of young voters. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, little chase, I think is what it was called. And like they did, um, all these interviews with each candidate and posted it on YouTube, you know, it's like an hour, 90 minutes or something. And everybody had this like platform on YouTube. And I think that really pushed like uh, the presence of like why voting is important, but also getting um, people in different parts of that reservation access to their candidates in a way that hadn't happened before. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was like a pretty cool uh, highlight of something that happened not necessarily entertainment, just sort of like journalism, really. Yeah, and that happened in Alaska. Uh, Coffee and Quack, another podcast, interviewed Mary Peltola and really got her platform out to the young people, which I think was, and I, it was a great interview. I, I really enjoyed listening to it because then I went back and looked up who she was because mm -hmm. I didn't even know. I'm curious to see what's going to happen um between bird running water and amazon you know he's got like a a deal so i'm just curious what content is going to arise from that i'm curious um what's going to happen with iran and the sundance people like go through programs the content that's programmed at sundance i'm excited for those things new leadership 
Sundance is also under new guidance. This is separate from indigenous work, but like under new guidance of Eugene Hernandez. And I'm a big Eugene Hernandez fan. He used to um, run, he probably still does, but he used to um, run the publication IndieWire. He started there in like the 1990s. Oh, really? Yeah. So covering Sundance, for example, um, yeah. and then and then became a programmer for like the New York Film Festival, for example, and was there for a good amount of time. And now he's at Sundance and um, it's sort of like a next stage, I think, to his life and to that festival. So I'm curious what that's going to mean. Well, I'm going to, I'll make a plug. I want everybody that is in the Oklahoma City area to know that the director of Slashback will be in town for a screening of Slashback at First Americans Museum. What date? Should be the 20th. 20th of January. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there will be screening for um, schools, which will happen on Thursday. Uh, but yeah, the public screening will be on Friday, I believe. Any word on ticket prices for that yet? Check, check back at uh, FAM. You know, just go to their site. Or FAMOK.org. Is it FAMOK.org? FAMOK.org. Just say Sunrise's name. You'll get in with a discount. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Get that cousin discount. Yeah, I would just check under their events there. And I think, I mean, I think it's fine for what, 12 and over, 13 and over? I think any age for me, Indian kids, especially. Any kids grow up watching murder movies and shit. There is definitely the F-bomb happens in that film. There's definitely violence. And gore. Um, there's gore. Yeah. There's beheadings. Um, and then there's like, you know, sexuality implicated. Just check the parent guide. Make your yeah. Just, just, just have your parents sign the consent form. It's not for little ones. I don't think it's R. I don't think that uh, Slashback is rated. It's certified 14A in Canada, but I don't think we have a rating here. Yeah, but that's PG-13 usually. Like I said, I mean, I don't think it's any, it's more like cartoon violence than anything. It is cartoony. Yeah. I, it is cartoony, yeah. but the gory, I mean, the animal stuff, I was like, ew. Yeah, yeah the animal stuff, yeah. But your fear and, brain is like a 12 and under brain. Scary movies. <laughs> When it comes to scary movies, you get scared. Too yeah, easy. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. But also, you know, like it's not just kids. You know, some elders may not want to see this stuff. You know. Uh, That's true, but it's a lot of fun. It's a really cute movie. I mean, yeah, it's not I, powwow I, highway cute. I would recommend cute. it to my twelve-year-old kid. So check your your calendars and come support Indigenous film at First Americans Museum on January 20th, Friday. And then I think in our later episodes, we'll also have some other dates and events coming up that everybody mm -hmm. can go to and enjoy and support our creative natives. So I think in wrapping up, I think it's safe to say that 2022 was one heck of a year. And here's hoping that 2023 will just continue to build on that energy and bring everyone lots of good things. All right, let's cut it off. Y'all taking too long. Just bullshitting here. Well, that was a great year. Let's hope we have another one. Here's the indigenous media, indigenous media making. New Year babies coming alive. O old men, New Year dying. Out with the old and in with the new. 
<laughs> Open that window. Get that old man out of here. All right, Candace, your turn. Hey, Candace. All right. So I just want to wish everybody um, oh, happy solstice, Merry Christmas, happy holidays, whatever you all celebrate. And um, I, I just hope for uh, beautiful things in 2023. Uh, and I, I echo what, what, what Sunrise said. Ooh, Echo is right. Echo. It's going to be the year of Echo. Yeah, Echo. Echo year. Yeah, yeah. You're the Echo. <laughs> That's my Echo. Sound too much like Al. That means scary can and stuff. Like that. <laughs> I have to bleep that out. I'll be the Indian King Pan when Echo comes out. Yes. 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 Yeah, King Pan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Why hmm. didn't that happen? Yeah. I know these fuckers. I keep trying to call Marvel, man. Tell them to hook me up. Like all my yeah. buddies are on that show, and I'm like, "Hey, fuckers, y'all bring me on." I know. <laughs> saving you. So we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for listening to us week after week, supporting our show. We appreciate you spending an hour plus with us a week, and we look forward to bringing you more quality content in 2023 with our array of hosts and topics. And if there's anything you would like for us to talk about or any suggestions you might have, you can find us on social media at Twitter, Real Indigenous, Facebook, Real Indigenous, and try to figure out if I can put something on post.news. But that one's still pretty new. Instagram, we're still working on some technical bugs, but definitely on Twitter and Facebook. Drop us a note. Let us know what you think is cool, what we should talk about, what we should watch, what we should read, or anything that our cool Native creatives are doing. So with that, we're going to say goodnight, Happy New Year, and remember, don't just keep it real. Keep, keep it, it real. real. Indigenous. Indigenous. Why do you guys go so